Welcome to episode 154 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Irina Block. She's a designer at Zendesk. Uh, previously, she's been at companies like Apple and Google and Yahoo. Yahoo, all over the place. We had a great chat. She has so much experience at so many different companies and an awesome backstory that we're going to let her tell you. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible. This episode is sponsored by Wayno. They're our favorite agency. They do amazing work for companies like Red Bull and Lonely Planet and Google and Reuters and Fitbit and everyone, just, just everyone. Spending time with that team has been fit, like amazing for us. There's some of our best friends and they do this Friday night happy hour thing every week. And you can go listen to their fearless leader, Hallie, talk to another prominent designer or just someone interesting. It's really cool. Close group of people listening, hanging out, talking, having a few drinks, having some cheese, there's cheese, chips and salsa. It's pretty great. What we're saying is you should go to the happy hours. They're every Friday night if you're ever in the Bay Area. And they also are looking for other people to join their awesome team. So you should go to wayno.co, click the jobs link in the header and check it out. Be sure to tell them we sent you. We love them. Go check out their work. Thanks again to Wayno for sponsoring this episode. And with that, let's get into episode 154 with Irina Block. Hi, my name is Irina Block, and um, I'm a designer um, living here in Silicon Valley. So I've been in tech for about 20 years now, maybe a little less than that, but you know, it's a really long time. But who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I worked for pretty much every big company you could think of. Like I worked for Yahoo, I worked for Google, I worked for Apple. I worked for Adobe. <laughs> Those are the big ones. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy. It's really, uh, it's been pretty wild. But I also worked for a lot of small companies too, uh, little startups. But yeah. And um, so personal life, um, I have a daughter and she's a hands full. She's a, you know, a punk. <laughs> and um, yeah, so... I don't know. There's a lot of other things I could say, but... I think we can just get into it. Yeah, uh, sounds good. What are you working on right now? So um, so right now I'm working at a company called Zendesk. It's a cloud-based um, customer support software. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been there for about eight months, and I work on innovation there. What does that mean? So that means um, we're thinking about, like, what are the new ways that customers could use our product and what are the ways um, we could really create some added value and add some human touch to something as uninspiring as customer support software. (laughs) But I mean, what's interesting about Zendesk is that the customer support software is sexy and, you know, it's a very design-driven company. I mean, that's one thing that really attracted me to Zendesk is... It's really the amazing brand. Mm-hmm. And it's really that juxtaposition. It's like, okay, we're going to take something really boring and we're going to make it awesome. And yeah, so it's really, it's a really cool. We have a really amazing design team. Is, so is your title also designer? My title is um, uh, innovation lead principal innov- designer. Lead innovator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what's your process like that would be different mm-hmm. than just say product design? So when I joined Zendesk, I've never worked in customer support before, or um, I worked in te- technology companies, 
but never in this area. So what I did, I actually started working as a support agent for a week. I became, um, you know, I was answering emails and I was answering tickets and I was answering the phone. <laughs> and I learned so much. I learned um, to have empathy for customers and for agents. And I learned how hard it is to represent the whole company when you're talking to somebody. And so it was really, really interesting and inspiring. And that gave me a lot of different insights and ideas of how we could really make the product unique and feel very human. Mm -hmm. Could you share an example? I know it's only been eight months, but like, I'm curious how you took those learnings and actually started to integrate that into a product to make it better. It's hard to share examples because nothing has been public yet. We have like a lot of prototypes in our lab and we've been meeting with customers. So, you know, usually our process is like have a hypothesis and we think, wow, you know, this would be really a game changer. And then we quickly prototype and then we talk to customers and, um, and then it'll be like, well, is it something you would use? Is it something that would improve relationships with your customers? Is it, you know, would it really make a difference? And so we collect all this feedback and then incorporate it back into the prototype. And then we quickly build something. And then we have a pilot where we would share this with select group of customers and uh -huh. then also get some feedback. So it's a really never-ending process. Uh -huh. uh, you say we. Well, when I say we, it's really, so we have a giant design team. So we have a brand team, we have a video um, producer, pro like a few different writers. Mm -hmm. We have amazing product designers, mm -hmm. like worldwide. We have a team in Melbourne, we have a team in Montpellier, France, a huge team in San Francisco. But I'm the only one who's right now focusing on this particular innovation. Of course, everybody is doing innovation in their own way, because that's what design is. It's about innovation. Huh? <laughs> it's kind of weird to have a title of, you know, I'm the only innovation person. Of course, everybody has innovation. <laughs> nope. Nope. Stop innovating. Nope. That's Irina's thing. <laughs> Don't step on our toes. <laughs> Give all of your ideas to Irina. <laughs> but right now, it's just me, and I would partner with different people inside the company, and I would engage like developers and product managers and customer support advocates. So it's really almost like I'm right now kind of a nucleus of um, this like, experimental mm -hmm. lab. And then um, in the future, we'll have a bigger team. So is this about long-term product thinking or is it just about bigger feature human thinking or uh, bigger feature design thinking? Like... Bigger human feature thinking. <laughs> well, wow, my words. <laughs> how do you do customer support for did, very large humans? Did you understand the question? Like, is yeah, uh, is, yeah, is it long term or is it just about bigger features? It's really about big ideas, but you could implement them short term. So it's really about with the prototypes. yeah, the prototypes and and um, the ability to really use the fast development track. Mm -hmm. So we could quickly um, iterate and then learn and then iterate again. Then so. But it's interesting because my background is originally in brand, and then I got into product because to me, brand and product is the same thing. Interesting. <laughs> and this role, it really combines my experience as a brand, somebody who developed brands and somebody who designed products together because it's really like taking this brand personality and infusing this into the product. So maybe could we go a little deeper? Why do you, 
Why do you say that brand and product are the same thing? Because it's all about customer experience. Like when somebody's using the product, like they don't think, oh, you know, the marketing department created an ad that has nothing to do with the product <laughs> and, and the logo doesn't look like the UI at all because that's another department. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's well, all. A- <laughs> well, there's a trick. Just make all your logos a piece of UI. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> can, can I rebrand as a hamburger button, please? <laughs> <laughs> famous well, overnight <laughs> yeah i mean it's like a, it's a whole like you know idea of the logo is an api something that is um, a platform it's not a static mark but it's something that always evolves and lives is been really interesting like logo is an api well it's was like when i was at google i worked on the android logo mm-hmm. and the idea there was to humanize the technology by creating something that people could relate to. But also, the logo itself was an open source design, so anybody could customize it. And it was one of the first logos that were not closed. They were not locked down as, you know, something that you worship and you can't touch. <laughs> Why do you think that decision was made? Because their platform, their and the Android platform was open itself. So it was like a best metaphor to express what this platform stands for through that logo. So how do you design an open source logo? Well, it's almost like a blueprint. You just create um, like an outline of the logo Mm -hmm. and you release it in the wild. Uh Do you have guidelines around it at all? You just have um, the shape. Just the shape? Just the shape. And then you just release the source file and then uh, you could see people having fun with it. Just like a vector document kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Just roll with it. So I think it's very interesting, and, and certainly for a project like Android, where Android's also open like that, it seems to make a lot of sense. Do you feel like having a more open or accessible logo makes sense for other companies? Well, it depends what the company does. Sure. The logo stands, it's really an essence of what the company um, is. So it's like this, the most um, scaled down, like, you know, it's like a soul of the company, <laughs> something that instantly recognizable and unique uh-huh. to the company's business. Well, it's As like the, whole meaning is the company, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's a symbol of the company. So so I think it's really important to know like who is your audience and also what are you trying to say. It's really is a communication piece. We should you just do like tech company family crests. That would be an interesting project if someone wants to tackle that. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. <laughs> Did you see, uh, oh shit, the name's slipping my mind. Um, it's like simple, not simple bits. Um, this company made their logo into like a sign that goes on the side of their building, but then they created an iPhone app so that anyone that's walking by that's awesome. that also knows about it, they can go on their app and choose the colors. Panic. Panic. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. It's Yeah, it's a two-color sign. You can just go onto their website and change it. You can go on their website or they have an app where you can change the colors. I think they have an actual app. Mm-hmm. They do. Or I guess web app. <laughs> so all right, so right. yes, website. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but anyways, I, I feel yeah. like that's similar, giving away some sense of ownership. Even if like the outline is yours, it's what happens inside that people can have fun with. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really awesome. It's just... It's it's becoming uh, collaborative, and that's what is that's what product design is. It's very collaborative. It's not something that you know, just a printed piece of collateral that can change, but it's something that user interacts with, and mm-hmm. that to me 
like in my mind, that's why brand and product are similar too, is because it's they're both interactive. Right. Interesting. I hadn't really thought of it like that, but the Android logo certainly stands out as something that's done that well. I was curious what the the feedback was when that launched, like how people responded to something that maybe isn't very common. Like, hey, here's this thing. Do what you want with it. It was it was good because it launched internally, um, and initially it was created for um, developers. Uh-huh. So it wasn't a consumer facing logo. It was done. Um, so developers could get excited uh, uh, and they could really have fun. And it's something that... Developers don't have fun. Yeah, that's no, silly. never. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was really wildly embraced almost instantly. It was kind of like a viral movement within the company itself. And yeah, it was it was really cool. It was almost like um, just a fun game that everybody took part What's been the most creative thing you've seen someone do with it? I've seen um, like one that looked like Sarah, Sarah Palin, and I think around this election there might be one that's like looks like a Donald Trump. <laughs> and I Any hope I don't now. see that. Yeah. <laughs> what have I created? I know that's horrible. But <laughs> oh god, there's this like Russian team. Uh, they did the samovar that looked like an android with a faucet uh, in kind of an inappropriate place you know it was very interesting oh, my, my mom sent it to me you know it was another thing i was like okay thanks mom <laughs> look what you've <laughs> yeah. done yeah i know <laughs> but yeah i mean i've seen somebody wearing an android suit um you know skiing mm-hmm. down there i mean i guess the most bizarre thing was when I, I i i was at google um for about three and a half years um and then i haven't gone back in a really long time but then i did last year and and then my first thought was, like, there were androids everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, this is, like, totally off-brand. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> and then I, and I'm like, whoa, because it was everywhere. There were, like, the toilet sign was android. Uh, there was, like, this giant, like, statue at the entrance was android. And, and to me, like, when I actually arrived at Google, everything was geometric. It was so like thought through and like information visualization and, you know, just this gorgeous, like elegant, um, you know, <laughs> designs. Gorgeous? Google? Oh, elegant? yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. They're all like, information based. Mm. But then when I... Um, that makes I guess, so much sense. Like that's so cool. Like I love... That was cool. That's branding that is like detached from a logo by itself, but then they just replace it all with like logos. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the branding, um, the, the whole like idea behind Google ads was about like create, making, building great products that would market themselves. And then they would really create something that would help uh, customers to become ambassadors. So it wasn't like about just traditional advertising. It was about using Google products, promote, it, promote Google products. <laughs> so it was really cool. But that, that was like a drastic difference. So when I came there, I'm like, whoa. You know, that looked almost like a Hello Kitty statue. And, you know, it was like the Android. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> I created a monster. I know. It's everywhere. It's like it's a, just an explosion of Androids. Why is it a green robot? Because. I'm oh, sure you never get asked this. Yeah, ever. never, 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 never. It should be. It's the first time it's recorded, yeah. though. <laughs> so that's what makes it Darn original. It. <laughs> well, um, it's a robot because... Um, the company name is Android. 
So that was really. Oh, that's what. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and the hmm. green, the color green, I chose because it was like the color of the original code. It was like this old consoles where you know it had this like black background, and you have this green color for the code that a lot of developers used, mm-hmm. and that was kind of to represent just. Um, so it was to me that was a nice kind of neutral color, but then again, you never barely see it green now. <laughs> it's yeah. Why is it all rounded rectangles? Because I want the shape, right? Not, yeah. It's not oval. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make this really friendly, and I also kind of based this on the most kind of distilled, very simple denomination of the robot, which I thought could be symbol for Android. Like there is a symbol for man, there is a symbol for woman, and I thought, well. How would I express a symbol for Android? R two D 2s body with antennas <laughs> and arms and legs. <laughs> I heard that criticism, but then at the time, like, I oh, never I wasn't giving even, criticism. No, but I know. But I did hear people compare it to the R two D two, and then I'm like, well, what is it? Like, I've never even seen, seen Star Wars. <laughs> <gasps> Wait, what? Cancel the interview. We're done well, here. You know, I'm, I'm That's from... been episode one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's. Four. I guess once you, if you create Four. some shape that is simple enough, then it starts looking like everybody else. Mm. I guess that's the danger of simplifying things too much. It loses its ability to stand on its own, or it becomes. It becomes very generic. It becomes too generic. Looks. Mm. It starts looking like something else. Yeah, I've definitely never done a logo that was literally just like apostrophes <laughs> <laughs> or a plus. <laughs> ah, plus. No one's done this before. <laughs> Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> Switzerland in healthcare looking at you. <laughs> so unoriginal. Um what were explorations that you didn't ship? Did you ever ever like yeah. not w- have this mock of something totally different? They were pretty similar. It was just this explorations um the stylistic explorations of the shape. Mm-hmm. And there were maybe like like 50 different explorations. The whole like creative process was very quick. It wasn't very um, formal or um, where, and the the bizarre thing is that that was my very first sketch. <laughs> nailed it in yeah, one. Nailed it. <laughs> but it's kind of like what, what like the way I think about it, it's like, well, you're, you're like in the Olympics, right? And you have to run the distance and you've been training for months. You've been training your whole life to run this distance and you could take like two seconds to run it. But you can't really see like how much training a person two seconds put is a very that. short distance. Yeah. I, just want... I don't know. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's a horrible metaphor. I know it's, it's super bad. So um, yeah, I mean, it did take maybe five minutes to draw that, but it took probably a long time to arrive there or not. That's like <laughs> watching someone design any sort of UI and it's like, ah, oh, it's so easy. It's just a bunch of squares and text. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's years of understanding measurement and hierarchy and type and white space and all this kind of stuff. And all that culminates. Well, no, it's just pure rectangles and, and, and circle. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, she deeply understands how like, to make a round. I I get what you're saying, I think. <laughs> she really knows what makes a round rect an antenna, so. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that is round. Uh, Let's back up. Where are you from? Where am I from? I'm from, you know, the earth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, I'm from St. Petersburg, Russia. So I was born there. 
in a family of engineers. Mm. <laughs> so I was kind of destined to be an engineer, but I ended up to be a designer. How did that happen? It's kind of a funny story. I was in there pre-K and and my parents um, were picking me up and we had this sculpting lesson and everybody was just sculpting little things like some, you know, they were making like sausages and rectangles and, you know, playing with shapes. Android logos. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the original inspiration. <laughs> I know. Was there bright green clay by any <laughs> chance? <laughs> possibly, possibly, you know. Like, yeah, back in Soviet Russia, our clay was so <laughs> tough, you know, it would break the floor before you could reach it. No, it's not true, but... <laughs> uh, times were different back then, I swear. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and I ended up making this giant uh, ship, which my mom used to read me uh, mythology, Greek mythology, and I made this ship. And I remember I would, like, steal clay from everybody, and everybody was pissed off, like a lot of the kids. They were like, no. And well, that's why like, everyone else made hot dogs, because you stole me. all the... No, no, no. I was just, you I don't just understand. I, everybody. I, I'm the innovator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started early. Now uh, you could see, you could so see my whole... So many signs. Like, Our innovation. Yeah. That's very, yeah, it's very Freudian. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so then my parents saw that they were like, whoa, you know. They were like, okay, this this one goes to art school. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice ship, art school. Yeah. So that was... Um, so they were supportive. Th- they were very supportive, surprisingly. <laughs> they didn't want you to follow in their footsteps. <laughs> uh, they, they, they still do. They actually still want me to be an engineer. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> well, I say just, you know, it could be anybody you want to be. And <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you do any software engineering? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've been doing a lot more just trying to think about how things work and how things feel and how things look, but not so much about, you know, how to make them work just from mm-hmm. a technical perspective. All right. Got it. Yeah. So how, how long were you in Russia? So I was there for first 18 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Did you study design? I studied fine art. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I started out with art and then I transitioned to uh, branding and then I transitioned into product, which was... Over the course of 20 years. Yes, yeah. yeah. What did you think you wanted to do when you were studying art? I always really wanted to make cool shit. <laughs> Didn't really matter? It's, it's It really doesn't matter. I feel like when you're a kid and you're uh, growing up and then um, I remember that feeling when you're... Like we had this really, we had this anecdotes as part of Russian culture. It's like a joke that everybody tells each other. And, you know, it's, there's like a whole book of them. There, a lot of them, like, they're really inappropriate. And they're just this really like obscene joke that uh-huh. kids tell each other they're not supposed to. <laughs> but whenever you tell this joke to somebody and you have like a good one, and then the person laughs and you have this feeling like, wow, you know, you shared this joke and then they laugh. And that's like kind of the feeling that I'm going for, you oh. know? <laughs> it's like this feeling of like delight where you like create something that is either unexpectedly interesting or amusing or makes you learn something. That is when, I think that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it could be, 
cooking where you, uh-huh. you know, share like the dish with friends mm-hmm. or it could be, you know, creating fashion surgical masks. <laughs> uh-huh, which you've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it could be creating a s- solution to like a really um, complex UI- UX problem, you know, that productizing something that's happening in the real world and you create this and you put this into the product. and Somebody can do it in one click. I mean, it's things like that is like, it's all the same. It's all about this delight and um, kind of like a discovery. Is that how you thought about it at the time? Or is what you've just said sort of the result of 20 years of actually building things? I think it's it's really takes a long time. A lot of times we do things and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. As humans, like we just kind of, we don't know why, like, you know, we do, like why we like choose certain things. But But then when you look back and you start analyzing it, you'd be like, oh, you know, this is the same feeling. And th- and then you start recognizing it. It's like this little tiny voice that you don't, you know, hear. Like really understanding ourselves is like really hard to do. Do you feel like you've gotten to that point? Uh, no, not not even nearly. No? <laughs> no. But perhaps better than when you were 18? <laughs> yeah, because when you're <laughs> 18, hope. you'd be like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm doing it all day and all night. And I can't stop like painting. You know, that's the same thing right now. It's like, whoa, this is a really cool idea for the app. You know, I'm going to build it and I'm going to work 24-7 until I like drop and my hands fall off. But I don't, I'm not sure why I'm doing it. So you still don't know why? Well, you kind of do. (laughs) But after you're through that, it's like, (laughs) it's like this, it's almost like a passion, right? So you like, when you are in, in this zone, like you are in the zone. But once you're outside, then you'd be like, oh, I did it because of that. And you try to rationalize things. Right. That's but, what I've been so curious about lately yeah. is like, why do we do the things we do? And often we rationalize it after the experience. Like, yeah. oh, of course I did that because it meant it led to this thing or something. Well, But in the moment, you have no fucking clue. There's also yeah, hindsight. I agree. Yeah, 2020. Right. I mean, yes, that is the expression. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard this clever saying. Uh, all right, so you're studying art in Russia. Yes. What's the art scene like? I've never been. It's really brutal. It's like a, kind of like a military for artists. Holy shit. You know, you just go through the iterations. You know, you go and you just work on still life for years. And it's usually like some... You know, just a bottle of water, like a le- fake lemon and some drapery. Uh-huh. And you work on that for years. And then after that, you graduate to um, Roman statues. And after that, you graduate to life drawings. I mean, it's not very oh, glamorous. <laughs> it's not just to it's life. Not gra- <laughs> it's not gra- glamorous. Mm. It's. I think I, I did get burnt out because um, I... I was going to, I wanted to go to this amazing school called Muhina Academy. It was very hard to get in. Like people from the whole Soviet Russia would try to apply to this famous school. And the first year I got rejected, even though I really worked hard. And the whole year I spent just just basically brutally like drawing like 24-7, maybe not 24-7, maybe 20 hours a day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) four hours of sleep. And I really burned out. And maybe that's why I never really pursued um, really interest in fine arts. Hmm. What happened when you burned out? You just lost that spark. Yeah. You just kind of, 
you didn't want to do it. It's like, okay, you know, it's just like, it just doesn't feel as cool anymore. Mm-hmm. How old are you when that happened? I was about 18. So it was about the time when I came to US. Or is, is that uh, correlated? No, Causated? no. <laughs> My parents um, uh, came here and I came with them. You know, they came here for better opportunities because they're both engineers, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, and, uh-huh. you know, all their friends were here. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was interesting just coming here um, and going from the top, the top like art school in Russia to um, Dianza College. Mm. <laughs> it was a stark difference. Ah, uh, yes, the <laughs> mythological Dianza College. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's perfectly good school, but you know, not for somebody who doesn't speak English. Hmm. What did you expect when you came here from? Well, I actually expected to see Manhattan because <laughs> all their <laughs> damn it, mom, dad, wrong <laughs> <No>. city. <laughs> like I was, I was uh, in shock because um, I'm like, what? What is this? Like all this sky and open space and like countryside. And I thought that you know, I thought that whole. United States is this giant metropolis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's really it's really because when you live in Soviet Union, um, you don't really you don't get exposure. You can't really travel. So all information that you have is from reading or from social, not social media, from <laughs> from uh, from propaganda or like movies or things that you know. It's, it's not a very full uh, or correct mm-hmm. a picture of. Uh, the world. <laughs> what was the <laughs> to year? To put it mildly. What was the year when you? It was nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Okay. So the internet, you're on it now. Did were yeah. you on it in in I Russia? I don't think the internet existed in ninety five. Ninety five. I think in ninety five was hear. when Yahoo uh, fa- was founded. Yeah. It was like nineteen. It was rudimentary. Seven. It was like the Alta Vista, and I remember like the the InfoSeek, and you know all yeah. this like really. Yeah crazy like geo cds mm-hmm. yeah i guess i'm just wondering if that was uh surprising to come here and like be thrown into this world of okay this is tech this is silicon valley and yahoo's starting up and google's starting up and all these crazy things google did not start up yeah. in 1995 let's be clear on <laughs> <Yeah>. that 96 <laughs> really yeah no. google's oh, google's 20 years old Hang on. That seems seems not true. (laughs) I'm going to be so wrong. If you Google Google, it doesn't really tell anything. Doesn't tell anything. September 4th, 1998. Damn it. Yeah. You said Google founded. I was close. It returns it as a smart result. I was so close. It was a close call. Yeah, it wasn't... um, The Silicon Valley wasn't what it was today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you arrive to a new country, you're just basically in shock. Like, it's really hard for you to understand anything. Did you speak English? No. Oh, God. So it was really hard. It was The, the worst part was that we had to go to this free English school with me and my parents. It was so not cool. Oh, you no. sit in this classroom with your parents in the same <laughs> class, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. All right. So you came... And what did you do the first thing when you got to San Francisco or Bay Area? Um, I got a job. <laughs> I was uh, babysitting and the kids were really mean to me. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I'm a really bad babysitter. How did you get a job so quick? So there was this uh, Jewish community center where 
when, when we got here, like the first thing that happened, they donated a car. We mm-hmm. had this really old sub that some family donated to us. It was awesome. And then they also hired me as a babysitter. Good family. Yeah, I know. It was really cool. But it was really nice of them. At the time, were you still pursuing art? Yeah, I was I was just, um, you know, I, I, I had like a few years of uh, Muhina Academy, and I had a bunch of fine art. Um, a portfolio of fine art was this giant, you know, paintings. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had. There was nothing digital at the time. It was this giant portfolio. And yeah, so I was really, I wanted to go to art school. So, I mean, one of my early memories is that I'm on the bus and I'm talking to a bus driver and I'm like, um, university, university. And so he kind of understood. <laughs> and I had this, well, my, my drawings with me, um, this giant pile of drawings. And um, and I'm, I, I basically decided to go to the closest school near my house. <laughs> Solid plan. <laughs> I know. Well, I I was clueless, and I was like all, all by myself with these uh-huh. drawings on the bus, just talking to a whole bunch of strangers. So the whole bus was like laughing. They were like, "What the hell?" You know? They were like, <laughs> "So I was in um, San Jose area, uh-huh. and it was um, I think it was a summer break. The school was closed, so I arrived there with a bunch of um, drawings. I mean, it was just bizarre. I, I look at this now. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> but I did get accepted, and okay. some like I was actually knocking on the door, and the door opened, wow. and some guy was there. But like he was like um, this architecture professor. He was there for the break, just cleaning up the office. And and I'm like, yeah, I'm this Russian artist, and I want to go to your school. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, I'll help you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know? uh, it's summer vacation, so <laughs> I know, I know. But I had no, I had no official transcript. I was, I had no idea what the process was, and I also didn't know if there are other schools in the area. <laughs> I did go to, uh, you know, I took a few classes then at De Anza College. Mm-hmm. I took a few classes at West Valley College. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I was very cool because I mean, that's I guess that's the biggest thing difference between the United States and Russia is that people here actually. Very helpful. Not so in Russia. Well, in Russia, it's if you're not. Everyone's Russian. Yeah, exactly. They're in a hurry. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, Russia is very um, different culture. Like if you're like smiling at somebody, then they could punch you in the face, like in the, in the public, because then they think you're either like, re, like, you know. <laughs> either you're, you're like, you know, maybe developmentally disabled. <laughs> Oh man! Or because you're not supposed to smile. <laughs> really? <laughs> in the in the social setting, but when you don't know somebody, don't smile or don't make eye contact with people, because wow. then they get like it's a very different culture. Right? There are different norms. And then you came here. Yes, exactly. Sunny California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Um, How many people did you punch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a hard time making friends. You're that so year. friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so did you finish school? Yeah, I went. I have, uh, um, I think it's BS degree. You know, <laughs> it's a BS like degree BS from San Jose State. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, so I did finish school um, in like three years. I think it was good because um, 
like I had a lot of opportunities. Like when I was in school, um, I had a chance to um, work for um, a really cool designer, Sam Sch- Schmidt. He had passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, but he was kind of one of the fathers of the whole design movement in Silicon Valley. And he, and he started um, the whole design program in San Jose State. Mm. How did you connect to them? So he was looking for interns while I was in San Jose State. And it's actually uh, my teacher at the time, he gave the paper to somebody else, but uh, I wrote down <laughs> the name and I contacted there. I contacted Sam Smith anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, he interviewed everybody and then he offered me internship. Wow. It was so really cool. I was what, very lucky. What did he have you doing? So he did a lot of uh, print work and at the time, he also had um, like this giant ad agency where they won all every award under the sun, and then he reduced it down to just sole proprietorship. And so I worked on, um, I remember, uh, identity system for an eye doctor. And I remember I almost got fired because I didn't know that I'm not supposed to page a doctor. <laughs> that they think it's an emergency because they, <laughs> they they had the, the the business cards ready and then um and then they were like yeah just call her and let her know and then I'm like okay and then they they called the number and they're like would you like to page and I'm like okay well I don't know. <laughs> sure sounds good so that that she was really pissed and then you know but they didn't fire me so I was good <laughs> crazy so you did logo and branding print yes how long did you do that for so I'd done it for about half of my career. Okay. Yeah. So wait, how long were you there? So I was there for just a year um, at Sam Smith. Yeah. And it was like one day I was going to school and then, so the way I organized the schedule is like full, I was going to school full day and then another full day I was actually working full day. So it was like, so I had like a double life, you know. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and you did that for a year. Yeah. What happened next? And then next, um, we had this uh, studio tour of Landor Associates. And Landor used to be one of the most prominent. I know um, Landor. Yeah, you know. But it's they're not as big now because they used to be huge. It used to be like the dream job. And yeah, I mean, that was like really my dream job. We had a tour um, from San Jose State. They showed the studio and they talked about how Walter Landor came to U.S. and he had this agency on the boat. The logo was a boat. It still is. Mm-hmm. So he, the original office was on the boat. And they did all these amazing identities for uh-huh. FedEx uh-huh. and HP. And they did all this, like, amazing work. Like, every big company you could think of, like, they did their identity. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I went there for an interview and I got the job. That Your was dream like amazing. Job. And I remember I was driving on 280 and I was like flying. It was like this exhilaration <laughs> oh feeling, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was like this. Sobs aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was cruising yeah. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, that was, that was really nice. So I was there for also like about two years and I got to work on, um, H&R Block, mm-hmm. so the identity. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm noticing a pattern here. <laughs> Green yeah. geometric things. <laughs> well, I was on the team that was designing it. I wasn't responsible for like that particular design. Sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> she says, uh-huh. Did you um, just wink? Uh-huh. <laughs> no. I could neither confirm nor deny it. <laughs> yeah, it was just called H&R before. She added the block. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. Um, can I ask? Yes. You, that was a dream job? It wasn't. It, I thought it was you a dream it, job. Yeah, what happened? It was really difficult when you are a young designer and you're starting out. It's very hard to understand why your work is not being selected by the customer. It's not being selected by the senior staff. And you and you also, it's very hard to understand why you're not allowed to talk to customers. So it feels very removed. It feels very academic. And you kind of work in the vacuum. So you do like a lot of explorations. You do a lot of exercises. But it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel satisfying. Do you feel like that was still necessary for you at the time? I learned so much. Right. Like I literally learned um, how to create identity systems and how to... Um, so it was almost like an education. It was like another two years of college. But I was ready for action. I really wanted to make the mark. And <laughs> it was really difficult. Literally, make yeah. the mark. <laughs> make the mark. <laughs> But it was it was it worked on this giant projects that would take years. Like for example, Accenture used to be Anderson Consulting, and we worked on the rebranding that. So that was another like even now it still exists. It's this little um, forward yep. sign. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like a carrot. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. So it's that was done there, and I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, touched I did it, that. I touched it. <laughs> That's, that must feel good. Yeah, I, I was uh, part of the team that worked on rebranding HP, mm-hmm. like from um, very kind of conservative logo to um, a system that was very playful. It had rounded corners. Like I don't know if you even remember that they were everywhere, like all stores, like Fry's Electronics, and it was very recognizable, very playful colored blocks. I think if I envision HP now, I just know the circle. That's different. That's yeah. different. That's a new generation. Got it. But I worked in their previous one, which was pretty cool at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So after two years, what what happened? After two years, a friend of mine um, joined a startup called eLuxury, and... And he called me up and he's like, yeah, hey, you know, we have this awesome like high-end fashion mall and I'm going to Paris and London for photo shoots and <laughs> and just join and, you know, we're going to have this awesome like fashionable design what? experience. Oh, yeah. It was lo- owned by Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. Okay. And the company... Um, it's one of the biggest French. Yeah, they have like luxury goods. Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, and like a couple other brands yeah. too. I can't. The think ones that yeah. you just said. In no, no, it's, <laughs> it's it's like it's like four letters, uh, and I can't. Think LVMH. What it's yes. Yeah, yeah. So they had a startup that was basically the idea was like, okay, we're going to take these luxury goods and going to sell them online, and people are going to buy it. So that was false in the nineties. Yeah. Hey, thinking ahead. <laughs> That was that was that uh, just basically folded after a year. Were you working on? I was working on um, store design. So I was working uh, on designing um, online store uh-huh. for um, different brands, for like Bottega Veneta and for um, uh, for Dior, 
I don't know if I worked on Dior brand, but I worked on um, um, Donna Karen. Like I worked on a few different stores within this um, online mall. Was that your first time doing digital work? Yes, on the web. It was. It was the first time doing digital work. Yeah, yes. but it was very closely related to your brand work. Like it seems like a nice yeah. carryover. Yeah, because it was very much like it was very um, based on photography and based on just the style and this landor too like we did a lot of exploration where it's a logo mark and then you it's a website it's um it's an ad so it's like a whole system mm -hmm. so i've never necessarily just worked on the logo by itself <laughs> but did you like it um yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really cool it was and then in the context of the web yeah it was it was nice it was it was my first um kind of fights with um the developer was where they were like, I'm like, well, why does it look so different? <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I made. Have yeah, you, have yeah, you so heard of letting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where um, I kind of learned to understand like, okay, well, there are certain things that are possible online. There are certain things that are not possible. Yeah. There are certain things. So it's kind of, it was a learning Did you start drawing a bunch of marquees yeah, and much. blink tags? Yeah. <laughs> a dancing baby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, at that point, Dancing um, baby Dior. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's high class, yes. <laughs> baby Bottega Veneta. <laughs> I'm so, Brin yeah, should he's, be a, he's on a the brand roll. designer. Yeah, You'd I be know. very good. Yeah. Brin designer. Nice, dude. <laughs> Fun designer. Uh, that's not well, as good. <laughs> if I my math is remotely okay, this is like in the early 2000s? I, yeah, about that, I okay. think. Yeah. So you were in the bay when things popped and yeah, everything popped and then tech went to shit. Yeah, it was totally like a shit show. Right. It was this whole like army of unemployed designers. Yeah. So what did you do, or what happened around? So there? what I did, I started doing. I started making cold calls. So I opened the yellow pages. So I had the yellow pages before, and I would just call every the fucking company. The yellow pages. <laughs> the yellow pages. The huh. yellow pages. Yeah, I would actually pick up the phone and I would just call every company and I'm like, do you need a designer? Nope, okay. <laughs> and then people were like, who are you representing? <laughs> like, they were just kind of in shock and I'm like, nope, it's just me, just me. And that's how I found my job at Yahoo. <laughs> cold called... Uh... Pretty much. <laughs> who started cold, Yahoo? Cold called and cold emails, yes. Oh man, Yahoo. Yeah. That's a good place to land. Yeah, it was really... But I was really depressed though because... <laughs> Uh, when my first day at Yahoo, like first of all, it wasn't cool to work in house. Like working for an agency was the dream job. Working oh, for in house, the times have changed. <laughs> yeah, holy crap! <laughs> oh yeah, like working in house was just for like you know somebody who couldn't make it. In the Brian Lovins world. of the world. <laughs> but it wasn't like so. And then the whole like design aesthetics, like everything was like purple and like Austin Powerish kind of not green. Huh. No, <laughs> <laughs> but that to Austin me, Powerish. yeah, that to me, it didn't like it didn't really because my design aesthetics is very minimal and I like to remove stuff and and they were and it was just <laughs> wrong. Everything was wrong. Even the pen was like curved with like you know some fairy ball or like it was just like everything just and. Like my first day, I was like, I almost had a panic attack, and I'm like, what did I do to myself? Like this is totally not my taste. And but this was one of the best jobs I had. Yeah. In the 
five years I spent there, there was like some of the most rewarding and awesome projects that I worked on. Why so, rewarding? She learned how to use purple. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really because I guess what I enjoy the most is creative freedom. Like I like to see the challenge and then um, just figure out how to get it done. And and I hate structure. <laughs> so that was great because my first project there was they gave me basically a budget and they were like, well, we have this uh, budget and we want to make something for the Olympics in Salt Lake City that promotes Yahoo Sports. Just come up with something. And, you know, I was drawing on a piece of paper and I'm like, well, what about this pedicab? It's like a bicycle that goes around and it could serve hot chocolate and free internet access. It was before smartphones. And I drew this on a piece of paper and I sh shared this with the marketing team and they were like, love it, love it, love it. And the next thing I did, I Yahooed and I found a factory in Florida that could do a prototype from my sketch. A pedicab prototype. Yes, and they build they build six of the uh, pedicabs that they actually used uh -huh. around the world, and they were that was really cool because for me it was kind of transitioning from designer who does flat surfaces or digital surfaces to a three dimensional product. Right. Yeah. So that was just awesome. <laughs> That's not what you'd expect from Yahoo, like being a designer at Yahoo. At the time, it was only 500 people, and it was a very different company. It was really where the energy of their Silicon Valley was. It was like really like amazing group of people. What else did you get to work on? I got to work on um, creating a giant snow globe in a Times Square <gasps> where, <laughs> where, uh, where to promote Yahoo Shopping, where there was a Santa sitting inside, and then people could come in and sit on his lap and do some shopping. <laughs> so okay <laughs> that was really fun and then um, I also was able to come up with my own ideas that's where I learned I think Yahoo is where I learned to really think outside the box and also don't be afraid like say if you have an idea like as designers we have this almost like a superpower where you could visualize an idea and then you show this to people and people fall in love with it because everybody have ideas and maybe they even have better ideas, but if you don't visualize it quickly, then nobody knows how great idea is and it just dies. Mm. So so there I learned how to really come up with idea and then um, kind of show this around and then get support from people because you can't really do everything on your own. You have to have other people helping you. Yeah, you've got to get buy-in. Yeah. And where'd you go after Yahoo? So after Yahoo, um, my boss went to Google and poached you. And well, <laughs> I kind of poached myself, but then, but then she, I That's remember what you have she to did say. Legally, say I, get it. I, I remember she did say that if I don't uh, try Google, then I'll regret it for the rest of my life. And she probably was right. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> and you did Google. Yeah, and then Google was very different. It was all about like intelligent information and it wasn't about like this kind of fun and wacky wild <laughs> ideas it was a complete opposite really did you yeah. like that at first i had to adjust it was yeah. i mean i did try to do fun things there too uh like for example 
Uh, there's this YouTube celebrity called Where the Hell is Matt? So it's a guy that dances around the world. And he has this giant following where he just dances like an Ankarvat, Cambodia or, you know, New York City. And he has this viral video. He used to have a viral video like, you know, years ago. So and now my idea was like, okay, well, let's use Matt and let's have him promote Google Earth. <laughs> and let's, you know, just, just have him dance in all these different areas in virtual way, not in a physical way. So, I mean, I did get to do interesting things there. Too. This is fascinating. I, like, I am realizing how in the box I think. Like I, that would just never occur to me. Like a snow globe in Times Square. Uh, what was what were you tasked with doing? Like just promote our products and let the world know about them, and you could do whatever you want. Pretty much. That's amazing. Pretty so how much. long did you do that at Google? So at Google, like, I also worked on um, their. Uh, promoting Google by using Google products. Like, mm -hmm. for example, when we launched Google iGoogle, like nobody knows what it is, it's dead. Oh, man, I remember oh, iGoogle. I remember, remember it? I think my mom still uses oh, iGoogle. Oh my God. No, it's dead. It's it depreciated. I don't <laughs> oh, know what she used using. it until it's dying day <laughs> oh, then, God, I promise you that. It's <laughs> horrible. So anyway, so I, so I was on the team where we uh, decided to, iGoogle is your home on the internet and we thought it'd be really awesome to have really um, like trendsetters like John Mayeda, for example, or designers create their own iGoogles and we could have a collection of this designer iGoogles that everybody else could use. Uh -huh. So that was, that was really cool. That's when we were <laughs> reaching out to all these different designers. That's when I had an idea. I'm like, shit, I'm a designer too. I should do some cool shit, not just at Google, but outside of work. And that's when I started working on my personal projects. That was kind of a big point for me where I think in general, when you surround yourself with uh, inspira inspirational people or you see something inspiring, then it's limitless. Like then you could do anything you want. So what did you start doing? So I, so, so I did a jewelry collection where... Um, I made jewelry from shrinky, shrinky dinks and it was like a little rectangular shape and it said stunning diamond green. necklace. No, <laughs> no, it's a stunning diamond necklace and you could buy it for like $10 <laughs> and you could diamond. give it to your, you know, wife or whatever, you know, a real stunning diamond necklace. <laughs> but then I started doing other things um, like when, um, for example, the swine flu epidemic happened, I um, created... I'm like, well, what can I do as a designer to save the world? Well, I can't, I can't cure a swine flu. Mm, you're not thinking <laughs> big enough. Not. No, <laughs> go design a vaccine. No. <laughs> yeah, test it on yourself. <laughs> so minimal. Mm. <laughs> so and then I'm like, well, what if I take um, surgical masks that protect you from flu, and then I would put designs on them, like some outrageous designs, like a pig snout or like a giant mouth or you know and then i could sell these masks and i would donate all the proceeds to the, their children's fund that's what, what i did what happened so i made the masks in photoshop uh -huh. and then uh i um send it to i think i sent it to swiss miss and i'm like hey what do you think and she blogged about it and the next day this picture was everywhere it was on on like USA Today, it was on news. Everybody was calling. My phone was like just literally just 
just ringing. And then I had all these people emailing me and they were like, we want your masks now. And I'm like, whoa, this is a Photoshop mock-up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's when I'm like, okay, fuck, I need to like make some masks, you know? <laughs> so I found like some um, small factory and they didn't know how to make surgical masks because you ha it has to go for a certain process. Like there's a certain machine that, um, you know, and, and it's not designed for being for print for printing it's designed for just production so i made cloth masks you know and then i sell i sold those and then the most bizarre thing happened i got the call from um mark burnett his team and uh from abc studios and and they were like well we are working on this show called shark tank <laughs> Oh, and I, nobody knew what the show was. It wasn't. It wasn't launched. It was another show called The Dragons Den in UK. Yep. I never saw it. Um, and then they were like, "Yeah, so we want you to participate in our show with your fashion surgical masks idea." Sure. And at first, I was like really apprehensive, and I'm like, "Well." I don't want to do it. And then I talked to a friend of mine and she's like, are you crazy? It's like free publicity, do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So then, um, so they wanted a video of like me presenting the masks. So we shot the video, we sent it to them and I forgot about it. But they sure enough called me and they flew me down to LA and, you know, we recorded that show and it was an it's in episode five. So it's me making a full of myself in front of the whole <laughs> United States. Uh, what do you think of Mark Cuban? I don't know. I don't know. They were all like really fake. The whole thing was <laughs> well. It set is. Up. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's it's not a real. They're not really real investors. Right. And it doesn't really. I mean, they did tell me to stand on my mark. To what? Well, you have this mark on the floor. Uh huh. And don't if you, stray. Yeah, if you. Like, go away they tell you to go back I and mean, the whole thing is just and they also told me not to um quit my day job honey <laughs> i mean it was it was pretty they were really brutal yeah it was fun did you quit your day job no <laughs> good no i haven't i haven't quit my day job yet <laughs> um at the time were you, you still at google um i was no i was no longer at google i was transitioning out i was i think it was a time where i did like a lot of freelance work what kind of freelance work i just did like some like small projects here and there and then i joined a company called um life books i know life books yeah oh yeah how do you yeah. know life books we did some printing for them back Ooh. at the company i used to work for wow yeah yeah in minnesota yeah worlds collide yeah, the worlds definitely collide. And then there, uh, we were also laid off. Like, <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like really like collide. a lot of I think we actually off. ended up buying Lifebooks. Like I, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I think they ended, like they ceased their existence as they were. And after Lifebooks, I was at a company called Context Optional that was basically pioneering um, ads on Facebook. So they were like their first um, official developer that allowed like different brands could basically log in and they could create presence uh -huh. on Facebook, like manage their page and then have uh -huh. all these different contests and sweepstakes. And so, and there I, my job was to build 
uh, a design team and basically build and manage a team um, in San Francisco, London, and New York. Wow. Yeah. How did... How then the got, hell are you supposed to do that? I don't know. I was, don't ask me. And then <laughs> so we got acquired. Go? We got acquired by Adobe. Ah. So that was a hot mess. So then <laughs> now you're an Adobe employee. Yeah, well, that's when I quit. Ah. <laughs> Quick turnaround. Yeah. Well, no, it was two years. Okay. It was pretty long, uh, but yeah. Uh, you've worked for a huge range of companies and like all the way from big tech to startup to agency i'm curious now like you're at zendesk but more broadly like what do you look for now in in companies you've tried all these different things like what's the, the most meaningful kind of work for you now i feel like i look for opportunity where i could really um understand it's, it's kind of like more merging into blurring the lines between business and design so i'm looking at what can I do as a designer to help the business? And by thinking very strategically about the opportunities and using my design thinking and skills to um, to implement that and to also convince other people and teach them about what can be done. So it's higher level thinking as a designer? So it's really like design strategy plus really uh, rolling up the sleeves and implementing do you feel like there's a way to get to that point sooner or is is the ability to do that well the culmination of having been in tech and like worked for all these different companies? I feel like every skill that you acquire is like a superpower and then you, you just like design, <laughs> like, you know, you collect all these powers and then- Eventually the you just have powers. all the superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> you just have like, yeah, you just have the more you have, the more- um, And then you're Superman. Yeah, exactly. You, Superwoman. Yeah, so that's, no, that one. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's- I think the more uh, the more you understand, the more it comes very intuitively. So you don't you don't even have to think about it. It just becomes part of who you are as a professional. So it's hard to quantify. But what I really love is there working in teams where you have the ultimate freedom to do what you think is right versus you know being in the structure where you're kind of told what to do by people that somebody else is telling them what to do and they don't fully understand it and then somebody else telling somebody else what to do. And then it's like, this is kind of, to me, that's a, kind of like a kiss of death. Uh-huh. So you need autonomy. Autonomy and uh, influence and ability to get things done. What keeps you up at night? Certain things that sometimes outside of your control, like, you know, like on the engineering side. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or things that um, you kind of have to, you know, you can't please everybody too. You have like a lot of times you get feedback that is not something that you expected to hear. Sure. But I think it's, just, I, I actually liked the challenge because otherwise I'm really bored. <laughs> so I like difficulties uh -huh. personally. It would be boring if this was yeah, easy, right? Yeah, exactly. If everything is given to you, yeah, then it's life is boring. It's like I have these guinea pigs and they like tops. Like they they like grass, but they pick out all the tops. So, you know, I, I, I was looking to buy like a bag of tops for them. And then I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't because the life will be boring. So I just don't <laughs> want to end up with like a guinea pig with a whole bag of tops. Yeah, yeah you can't have everything at once. <laughs> yeah. 
what's your next challenge going to be? I just think learning more about business and really creating an idea that would make an impact on the company bottom line. Like, this is really exciting to me. When in the beginning of my career, I thought, well, you know, the strategy is like bullshit. And here's the people that just talk the talk and <laughs> and I'm doing the real work. <laughs> so I had like like a lot of kind of I guess I didn't have a lot of understanding of the value of the strategy. <laughs> well, so what would you say now if if you could go back in time and talk to your 18-year-old self just getting here from Russia, right? Like how would is there a way that you think you could level that person up that passed you faster? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there is like like very early in my career I was like, okay, I'm going to be promoted, you know, and I was like, by the time I was 27, I was um, a senior art director at Yahoo, you know, I was like, I had all these like job titles and I wanted to like, but then after a while, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you could go faster in your career, but it doesn't mean you actually go faster because you can't borrow the time or you can't borrow that experience. You could fake it, but there's no reason and there are a lot of people out there that are just like faking all kind of stuff, you know? Or there are a lot of people that just reach a certain level and then they stop doing hands-on work and then they transition into this area where they're really not current anymore. Like in terms of like they're not really shipping stuff and they're kind of not staying on top of the current trends. So it's 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 so interesting. It yeah. sounds like you're telling your younger self to just put in the work. Yeah, I think just Which put it in the like work and the fun. <laughs> yeah. Which you did for and maybe 20 years. Some, some of it, yeah. I, mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's all about having fun. The bottom line is the life is life is too short. Uh, you know, when you get older, you know, life is too short. And if you're not having fun, like if you're bored, then something is wrong. And, and that was most of the reason why I quit a lot of jobs where I would just get bored. And I think the reason... As humans, we are addicted to learning. If we don't learn, we no longer grow and we're no longer interested. So, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like I sort of visualize like this future me, like and try and imagine what kind of designer I would be, or, like what I'd be what I'd be doing. And sometimes I wish I could fast forward to that and like have all the years of experience, like just accumulated instantly. But you want I, a warp whistle. Yeah, I just want to warp to that point of being better. I want to warp um, stage four. But I I realize that's not really the point. It's like you have to, part of getting there is enjoying all the experiences. Stop trying like to take challenges. shortcuts, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice to take a shortcut. I, I enjoy that too. You <laughs> it know? feels good at the yeah, time, but yeah. then you miss whatever happened. That's okay. I mean, you could take a shortcut and then you could go back and then it's not linear process like uh -huh. it used to be it used to be like okay you know you become like a manager then you become a director then you become a creative director and you become like their you know the supreme creative director Chief of the world supreme you creative know? Director. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then you become a creative genius you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the pinnacle so it's really i think the bottom line is just if you're doing cool shit you know you're doing cool shit and other people know and then it's awesome it's like <laughs> That's really funny. so, Brian. Just <laughs> fucking do cool shit. Yes, I'm trying, man. <laughs> but also, if somehow you're not able to do cool shit, just do cool shit on the side. That's why I love the side projects because it's awesome. 
And I don't think the best job in the world could really fully creatively fulfill somebody. Yeah, I would love to meet someone that has that, <laughs> that doesn't do something on the side, right? That is an excellent place to end. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Um, just my website, my name, irinablog.com. Perfect. And Twitter? Twitter. You on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Do you tweet um, a lot? Well, I tweet a lot about, um, I'm on the board of AAGA and we organize design events Perfect. to bring designers together. Perfect. And I tweet a lot about that. And also some cool things that I find, you know, I tweet, tweet about that. Cool. Yeah. So Facebook, you know, Dribble. <laughs> All the big <laughs> All ones. The, yeah. Cool. It'll be in the show notes. We'll link to you in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks um, for coming on. That was super fun. Yeah. No, thank you for that having me. That went super me. fast. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. That actually just fly by. Yeah. That's awesome. That was episode 154. Thank you to Irina for putting up with us for an hour. It was super, super fun. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter, as always, at Design Details FM, or you can come hang out in our Slack team. We're at spec.fm slash Slack. We're always open to ideas and feedback and suggestions. And, and we're building team. our new replacement for our Slack team in there. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Uh, to learn more about that, join the Spectrum channel in our Slack team, again, at spec.fm slash Slack. And of course, before we go, be sure to check out Wayno. They're the sponsor that made this episode possible. We couldn't have asked for a better sponsor. They're doing amazing work. It's an amazing group of people. And they just want you to know that they exist. They want you to check out their work. They're growing like crazy right now. And they want you to join that. Uh, they have a careers link in their header on their website at ueno.co. Click it. Tell them we sent you. Level up. They're an amazing team and would love to, to hear from you. We'll see you on Wednesday with Atiutam Ready.